In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Long before sitting at home before a television, long before us going out to restaurants and seeing screens all around us, long before having our faces glued to our iPads, our iPhones, and all of those smart things, all of the sports programs, the music, the news, the dramas were listened to on radios. Some of these radios were as big as this altar here before you. Some of you might remember that. You see old pictures of people sticking their ears next to the radio, listening. Gone are those days. Now we are consumed with seeing everything, from TVs to movies to the internet. Listening seems to be a thing of the past. How many of you are going to listen to the big NFL games today rather than watch them? Knowing some of the commentators, I kind of prefer just to listen to the radio. How many of you are going to listen to the Super Bowl in a couple weeks rather than just simply watching it? How many of you would love to listen to your favorite band or orchestra than see them in person, in concert? Jesus says today that he is going to rise again from the dead. But before all of that, we hear of the transfiguration. We hear God the Father tell Peter and James and John, this is my beloved son, listen to him. That's nice, but simply listening to Jesus doesn't seem to cut it with us today. We can listen to the word of the Lord. We can actually hear what the scripture says, that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. But while we're listening, we also like to maybe get a bit dramatic about it. Let's make sure we can keep people's attention. Let's add some visual elements to it. Let's sure, make sure that we have sort of the right mood set as we hear God's word. I'm not saying that if we were to do these things that somehow we're not being Christians, but what we see in our society today, pretty much all of us really don't have a lot of patience for listening. I remember the first parish that I served. I went in to meet the congregation before I was ever ordained, and the vacancy pastor, who was a nice man, he preached for 39 minutes. Now, I was listening to everything that he said, but I sat there in my mind and I thought, my word, this is almost 40 minutes long. How many of you could sit here through 40 minutes of me speaking up here today? You might be saying, we got to get the brunch. We got other plans to do. We got to go do some shopping. Or maybe we've got games to watch. It's just not enough to listen to Christ, who happens to be the very Son of God. It's not enough that we hear the word of Lord. Give us something that we can comprehend, that our own two eyes can see. Believe only that which you see. Believe none of what you hear, some might say. And I'm right there with you. Trust me, I really am. My selfish, pig-headed heart says, yeah, it would be great to point you to something today where you could say, wow, this is utterly amazing. It actually seems true. All of this talk about Jesus being the Son of God who's risen from the dead. I'd love for us to have an appointment where he could walk in and I could sit down with you and he could take over and give you everything that you want. But in the end, it would be short-lived. Once the lights go out, once the chills leave our back, 
we are back to the realities. Once Jesus would exit the building, where would he be going next? When we focus on these things, when we focus on the visual side of things and not the hearing in terms of Christianity, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. In the end, everything will be short-lived that we see, and then the pain will settle back in. We'll be caught into our self-centered ways, and the frustrations will begin to consume us again. When we start to focus on visualizing things, when we desire to see the glory of God in our midst, other things that are happening around us don't make sense. We can't find the explanation for the demise of our society, the loss of friendship, all of the fighting. That's why it's good to simply stop and listen. It's nice to visualize what we heard today from the Transfiguration. I've often thought it'd be nice to see what maybe Mel Gibson or Steven Spielberg or even George Lucas would do to portray this. This Jesus shining like the sun, his clothes radiating white light. But go deeper to this text today. Remember who is on the mountain with Jesus and Peter and James and John. Moses and Elijah and Peter are wonderful lessons for us to learn from. These guys are mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but these guys are not super pious men who got it all right. In fact, they're just as flawed as me or as you. We can learn from these three men, Peter, Moses, and Elijah. We can learn how God actually works with what he has in our sinful nature. Moses had to run away from God and from his people. He had committed murder, but God would restore him. God would make him an ambassador to lead the people safely out of slavery to freedom, through the waters of the Red Sea to dry ground, through death to life. And yet Moses even himself says, I'm not a guy that is a good speaker. Have Aaron speak on my behalf. And God says, no, I'm going to have you proclaim my word to your people. Later in the wilderness, his anger would overcome him, and he was not allowed to enter the promised land. A whole generation had to be purged, and they had to die in the desert, and Moses along with them. Moses would only enter the promised land by God's grace, the real promise. But he too died, being afraid, angry, and tired. And then there's Elijah. One of these guys that we hear about that seems all grand and glorious, a guy who did not die but was ascended into heaven on a fiery chariot. Elijah also ran and hid from God. He called down fire from heaven. He had defeated 400 false prophets of Baal. But then after the wrath of God was revealed upon them, Elijah was afraid. He ran from Jezebel in fear of the same thing happening to him, Full of self-pity and wallowing and self-righteous arrogance, he was certain that he was the only last faithful one, the only true righteous man left. But God had mercy on Elijah. He too was restored. He was fed by ravens. He was renewed in his strength and his zeal, and he was delivered from a bodily death as he ascended into heaven. He too lived this life full of sorrows, of disappointments, of frustrations. He had a small struggling people who were faithful in and out at various times, but he lived by faith. 
He had his doubts, his worries, but now he and his faith are perfected. For what his faith could not do, God would do in and through him. And the grace of God and the Messiah had come for him as well for his great reward. And then, of course, there's Peter. Peter, who hears the wonderful news that Jesus is going to die and rise again, and he simply tells Jesus, absolutely no way. This is not going to happen on my watch. Peter is then called Satan by Jesus and told to get behind him. Peter, who wanted to have three tens today up on the Mount of Transfiguration, he wanted to capture this. He didn't want to see Jesus die. He denies the Christ, and yet he's later restored by Jesus at the end of John's Gospel. He's restored and sent out by the power of the Spirit not to perform magic and to make people go ooh and ah, He's sent out to speak that Jesus Christ has come for all people, that he's died for every last one of our sins for the whole world. He has made atonement for all people. He rose again and gladly calls us brother and sister. And there is no other salvation found apart from him. And that he's coming back. And again, As Peter did this, he was put to death. However, not before putting down the words that we heard in our epistle reading. Peter tells us today that he was an eyewitness of the transfiguration. He was enveloped by the light and the glory and the cloud of God. We saw his glory on the mountain. We were with him on the holy mountain, he says. But we have something more sure. Not what we saw, not what you see. He says we have the sure prophetic word of God, which we would do well to pay attention to. The prophetic word which is spoken by Moses and Elijah. The prophetic word made flesh in Jesus and preached by Peter is now yours today in your hearing. This is why the Father says, This is my beloved Son, Listen to him. The things of God are hidden from human eyes. We are to listen, to listen to his word for what God desires for you today. And what he desires for you today is his forgiveness of all of your sins. Him giving you the hope that resides in us that lasts into all eternity. For this word brings about faith, but it also comforts us in the midst of suffering, shame, and loss. The word of God promises us that the crucified, risen Savior, Jesus Christ, is truly present for us today, here with you today. Sure, he's not transfigured here. Maybe the closest thing that we have is all of these lights shining off of my bald head. But he is hidden for us through his word and his gifts. Those who believe his word submit to the things that they cannot understand. Even the things that we look at God and say, what in the world is going on? We now believe, according to his promises in his word, that not what our eyes behold, but what God has promised to give to us. You and I were baptized where water was poured with this holy word, where God placed his name on you. You have been called out of the darkness and into his light. You have been named as an heir of everlasting life. You have been called one of God's dear children. 
all by God's word. You are now saints of God, holy ones. Yes, we still have our sinful nature, as did Peter, Moses, and Elijah, and everyone else. And look what God did for them. Look at what God is doing for you, but do not look at it with your eyes. Listen. He has spoken to you today. We may not see the glory, and it's not for us to see in a sinful world because we cannot look upon God and live in our sins. But we are promised that by his word, his glory will come for us. Not found by what we can put together here on earth, but that which only can be given through the death and resurrection of Jesus. This same word promises that you too will stand face to face with Jesus like Peter, Moses, and Elijah did on that mountain. These things are hard at times to comprehend. They are hard at times to understand. But in all of this, when we are not sure, it is best to simply listen. So for all of us here today, and for everybody who's watching on a screen at home, I want you to do this one little thing. Just work with me today. I want you to simply close your eyes. Go ahead and close them. I'm not going to be doing anything. Close your eyes, stop looking around, and listen. Listen to what Jesus says to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, and I will never cast them away. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It is finished. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Rise, have no fear. To Christ alone be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.